Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey weirdos, it's been a while and we miss you a bunch. So our producer Jason and me, Rachel Feltman, are here to give you a very special bonus episode while we prep for season two, which should be coming uh, pretty early in the new year, along with another live show at Caveat. So Jason. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Jason. Uh, I really have no idea what you have planned for today. Yeah, we've been off the air for about a month, and I had the idea as we started our prep for season two to do a little retrospective on season one and say, like, well, what were the weirdest things we learned and who did we learn them from? Mm, So I've been working on this spreadsheet for about a month. It is both (laughs) color-coded and uh, there's lots of different Excel formulas. It's very exciting to me because I'm a big old dork. (laughs) Data. Data. And so I call this a statistical breakdown of the weirdest things we learned. Awesome. Yeah. So let's dive right in. What what were the weirdest things we learned? Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the best place to start before we jump into the topics themselves is to talk about our contestants, our panelists, our colleagues and friends. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you one guess as to who appeared on the most number of episodes during our first season. Wow, I have no idea. It surprise is you rachel Feldman. what the yes. host of weirdest thing the host of weirdest thing you appeared on 22 of our 25 episodes oh. and i'm sorry i missed those three that's okay they, <laughs> they were perfectly legitimate absences and we missed you terribly but i'm glad that you're here now it's actually some of me. my favorite episodes though that might just be because i i haven't experienced them before i listened to them so i'm like whoa <laughs> such weird facts which you know <laughs> listening uh you know when when you and I uh, go through the final cut of the episode before we release it every week, it, it doesn't have quite the same impact because I, you know, was there. Um, but anyway, uh, right, right. You get yeah. to you get to become a part of our it's weirdo community. True, I am the weirdo. It's amazing. You want to take a guess as to who appeared on the next most episodes? Um, 
I'm going to guess Eleanor. You're right. See, Eleanor is, is always uh, volunteering to be on. And I'm like, I don't want to exhaust your uh, your weird fact uh, repository. But she she just keeps them coming. She bless her. Yeah. You know, yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff in that in that beautiful brain. And then number three in this podium of weird people uh, is Sarah Chodosh. Mm, yes, that that would have been my guess as well. Yes. So Eleanor appeared on 13 episodes or 52% of the first season and Sarah on 11 episodes or 44%. Then Mary Beth, Claire, and then shockingly next is me. <laughs> <laughs> and then Corinne and Sophie were both on twice along with both of our interns from last semester, Anna and Lexi. And finally, Stan Horacek, Tom, Tom oh. Amy, and mm. Stan Horacek. Yes, our our cameo appearances. That's right. That's right. And we definitely hope to have them on again in the next season because uh, even though they each only came on once, all of their facts uh, were delightful. Were so memorable. Yes. So now let's now that we've we've gotten total appearances out of the way, who do you think won the most number of episodes? I'm going to guess Eleanor. Oh, I'm so mad you got it. <laughs> I'm so mad. I was. <laughs> but that's it. Eleanor won um, six of her appearances or six total episodes, right? Mm-hmm. So that gives her almost a 50% win percentage of wow. the number of times she's been on the show. Wow. Which is crazy. And she's won almost a quarter of the entirety of the first season. That's amazing. She is incredible. <laughs> So weird. So while Eleanor may have won uh, the most number of episodes, she didn't win the highest percentage of times of people who were on the show. Mm. So who do you think won the most of their appearances overall? Oh, man. Well, I would assume that one of the people who was only on like once or twice won. Sorry, not counting the people who were on once or twice. Oh, good. I'm glad you got rid of the statistical outliers. I did. Because that would have been pretty unfair. So that would have been Tom McNamara, who was Mm -hmm. on once and won once, and Anna Brooks and Sophie, who have each been on twice and won twice. Mm -hmm. So not counting the 100 percenters. I don't know. I'm going to guess Mary Beth or Claire. It's Claire. Ah, good, good. She was on seven times and won four of them, Mm -hmm. uh, giving her a win percentage of 57.14 but only 16% of the overall first season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm having so much fun with this. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's, let's get into the topics. Um, and I will briefly show you, though not reveal the statistics, my super colorful spreadsheet. Wow. So what I've done here is taken every episode and laid it out into three columns and then a fourth column for our Amazing. Halloween Spooktacular when we did four topics um, and assigned each one a category. Great. Right. So our seven general categories of episode are or is uh, one of segment butts? topics. Is one of them butts? One of them is not butts. <laughs> okay, I'm go so on. sorry. That that would be a subsect of bodies, which oh, is our okay. first. Great. Uh, followed by animals, weather and nature, food, design and engineering, which is one, mm-hmm. experiments and results, which is one, and people doing things you wouldn't expect. <laughs> Wow. So the the caveat for that last category, um, why uh, I decided to create it, and Eleanor actually helped me coming up with these categories, it's about the person who is doing the thing as opposed to the thing or object or animal itself. Right. So Uh, people being weirdos. People being weirdos. (laughs) So as an example, 
um, when you did a wonderful segment on the New York PD's beekeepers. Mm-hmm. That's about the people. It's not about the bees. Right. So that would fall onto people doing things you wouldn't expect. Got it. We'll play our guessing game again and say of those seven categories, and again, they are animals, bodies, mm-hmm. people doing things you wouldn't expect, weather and nature, mm-hmm. food, design and engineering, and experiments and results, which do you think appeared the most on the first season of The Weirdest Thing? I want to say bodies, but I don't know if that's just because almost all my stories are like body horror stories. You're right. Bodies made up almost Woo. a quarter. We had 76 segments. That's because bodies are weird. Bodies are so weird. So 19 of our 76 segments were bodies. Wow. Yeah. And it also has the, uh, it won the most number of overall segments. It won seven. Yeah, out of 25 winners. Everybody can relate to the fact that bodies are weird. Bodies are so weird. So weird. Rachel, do you have a favorite body-themed weird fact from our first season? I am really partial to the one that uh, got me the win at our first live show, which was about Mary Toft giving birth to rabbits. Did that count in your your bodies? I actually put it as people doing things you wouldn't expect. Interesting. Because it was about her inserting rabbits into her vagina. It wasn't her body going through a process. Right. Her her vagina didn't didn't dictate the... Correct. Behavior. Correct. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. And as I started to say it, I wondered if if maybe that was actually in the other category. The last time I was here at Caveat, I talked about preformationism, which is the idea that sperm or eggs are just little tiny people. And that um, if you're not just literally a copy of your dad, it's because your mom's uterus like malformed you into a bitter lady. Um, (laughs) And this was still that time. Uh, So part of that was believing that women with their like mysterious uh, womenly powers could inadvertently turn their children into rabbits. The magic of the uterus. <laughs> right, and Mary had um, a story that she was telling people that she had been pregnant and had tried to chase down a rabbit for dinner and it had gotten away and it was like her white whale. She just go. craved rabbit for the rest of her pregnancy. That's what Moby Dick is about, right? right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so people were like, yes, it was sensational, but it also, considering what they believed... Uh, about where babies came from. It wasn't that crazy. So if we're talking actual body stories, literal body stories, um, I was a big fan of one of yours, the Fartiste. Oh, thank you. Uh, great, great story of a, a man after my own heart who <laughs> turned farting into an art form. He, um, he, uh, he understood your brand. There is really nothing like getting a bunch of rich people to pay to sit in a room watching you fart. <laughs> It's great. It's the dream. Um, One day we should all be so lucky. (laughs) I also really loved our story about, um, that was from Anna Brooks, one of our interns, about uh, how when George Washington died, one of his doctors and friends wanted to um, fill his corpse up with lamb's blood to try to <laughs> revive That story him. still haunts me to this day. Yeah, I love it. It's It really uh, made the history of our nation come alive for me. <laughs> Though it did not make George Washington come alive. They did not do that. No, they did not try to bring him back from the dead in the end. And I also love that one because one of my first facts on Weirdest Thing, I think it was either our first or second episode, I did smoke enemas yeah that was our it was episode number three and it was the first one that you won ah amazing um and that was you know a smoke enema is uh where you literally blow smoke into somebody's butt uh 
as it were. And but it took me onto this really amazing deep dive about the history of resuscitation. Um, and those were always my favorite facts. The ones where I was like, I'm looking into this because it's weird. And then the actual fact was so much weirder than than what I started with. Rachel, do you want to recount how you came to choose smoke enemas as a topic <laughs> for the weirdest thing? Yeah, we were. Um, so Popular Science uh, has won Science Friday's annual trivia night uh, two years in a row. Science Friday, the PRI show, who uh, are our friends and we love them very much. Yes, we do. Um, and that <laughs> sounded really condescending, but I really do love everyone at Science Friday. But yeah, so we uh, we won because we're great. One of the trivia questions, uh, it was around where they would put up pictures of, is this a medical instrument or a torture device? <laughs> Uh, I think What's that was the difference? right. Right, I think that is is what we were supposed to be guessing, and the one came up, and it was like this. Uh, it looked like a like a bellows for a uh, fire, but it had like a little like nozzle uh, hooked up to it. And I looked at it, and I was like, "That goes in a butt." <laughs> and, and everyone was like, "What?" <laughs> and I was like, "I um I don't remember exactly what that's for, but like." I remember seeing illustrations of an apparatus like that, and I am positive that that goes in somebody's butt, and that is it is a medical device. Um, and you were a hundred percent correct. I was right, and then I was like, "But what is a smoke enema?" And that took me on a, a real journey of discovery that we all got to go on with you on episode three there are a few reported cases of the smoke enema working. It is what it sounds like, uh, and in fact, you could improvise um, the device, which was like a pig's bladder or a bellows and some kind of tobacco pipe and a nozzle. They actually started putting them around waterways like the Thames, uh, like Wait, modern. Sorry, sorry. They do, it would just sort of leave little kits. They were, to the river. <laughs> it, was, it was like a first aid or, or CPR kit. Wow. Um, like they, a little, just like a phone booth, but for saving someone <laughs> if they've apparently drowned. Right. And so mouth to mouth was considered vulgar in many circles. A lot of physicians were pushing for mouth to mouth to be a thing or publish papers on uh, sort of blowing air through the nose or doing like uh, early versions of tracheotomies and things like that. But for the most part, people were grossed out by mouth to mouth. And I, apparently, I, I just love that they were grossed out by mouth to mouth, but blowing tobacco smoke <laughs> up someone else's butt was not a thing that they felt was gross. All right, let's, let's return to our game here. Mm -hmm. um, we have six categories left. Animals, people doing things you wouldn't expect. Mm -hmm. Weather and nature, food, Design yep. and engineering and experiments and results, which uh, appeared next most after bodies. Um, people doing weird stuff. That's it. Whoa! It's That's almost like I was present for twenty-two of the twenty-five episodes <laughs> of the show. I'm looking now to see which episodes you were not on. Rachel, I have some exciting news for you. What? You were on every single episode where I categorized people doing things you wouldn't expect. Oh my god, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible. Um, so no wonder you got it. Yep. Um, that is also the second highest percentage of... of winners. Winners. Mm -hmm. uh, it's 20% of the episodes that won were uh -huh. people doing things you wouldn't expect. So those are uh, in reverse chronological order. A woman who births rabbits. Mm-hmm. Laughing gas parties. Right, yeah. Sex magic. 
Good old sex magic. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that story. The history of rocketry and sex magic. And also Scientology is in there. And then uh, Eleanor's story on medical cannibalism. Mm-hmm. Oh, love that one. The very first appearance of people doing things you wouldn't expect. The winner of that episode technically was the best dog. But do you remember what the real winner was? Uh, Jeremy Bantham. It was Jeremy Bantham. An actual taxidermied man. <laughs> it's too bad, honestly, that we don't like, because we have wax museums, but we don't, we don't do the same thing with people. We don't feel that it's okay to like stuff them. And place them on Except for Jeremy Bentham, body. who is, who has been, yeah, Jeremy Bentham, he's like stuffed at the University of College London and his head rolled off. Is this the weirdest what? thing I learned this week? <laughs> yeah. The weirdest thing I learned this week. Yeah. He wanted to be taxidermied upon death. So like the way it works is that they, they tried to, to do like a basic taxidermy process, but it doesn't take very well to humans. Like your skin gets really leathery and you look horrible. Um, and so now they have this like wax mold of his body, but on his real bones. And it was recently brought <laughs> oh, no. to New York um, as part of an exhibit. But most of the time it just like sits in this in this college uh, university hall. So uh, I, I have to ask an important question. Yeah. Did you categorize uh, my story about Tesla being in love with a pigeon as an animal story or a people doing weird things People story? doing weird things story. Okay, good. Because don't blame that on the pigeon. No, it's not the pigeon. <laughs> Although she was beautiful and he she loved her beautiful. as a man loves a woman. He did. Yes, he did. Yes, that was in fact the same episode as the Fortiste that we had just mentioned. Oh, right, yeah. And uh, Sarah Chodosh rounded out the episode with meat lozenges. Oh my God, meat lozenges. Uh, all of the episodes are so good. All I need to go back and listen to them all. That's in, in doing the research for this spreadsheet and I would listen to episodes just to, you know, get a flavor for mm-hmm. what the things were. A meat were. lozenge flavor. A meat lozenge flavor in case I had questions about what category something fell into. Mm-hmm. And I would say, I'm just going to listen for like 30 or 40 seconds to get the general understanding. And I listened through probably half a dozen episodes. <laughs> They're so good. They're so good. Also, I love how many of the people doing weird things uh, stories take place in the Victorian era because kind of a meta-narrative that kept coming up over the season, especially when Eleanor was on, was this idea that she had actually found some academic papers on that the Victorian era was just full of all of this bizarre behavior because people were kind of having this existential crisis about um, the sudden breakneck speed of scientific uh, discoveries and uh, you know evolution was suddenly a thing and there was like the electricity and people were you know moving at a pace they never could have expected and so they had this kind of like spiritual crisis where they were like so could anything be proven real by science <laughs> should and so they did like a lot of seances she described it as like adolescence but at a societal level and i love that and now whenever i hear a story about people in the victorian era doing something super strange like having parties where they got high on laughing gas together or um eating people like actual humans and for mummies specifically their they health yes mummies. as as mentioned in the medical cannibalism episode yeah now whenever i hear stories like that i'm like people were just they were just being teens as a society as it's a amazing. society yeah we you know puberty is rough but you get through it <laughs> you get through it and then 
I don't, I don't know. The, yeah. I finished that. <laughs> you emerge on the other side, building rockets and doing sex magic. Yeah, I was going to say, because like Jack Parsons had kind of the same thing where he was like, uh, Jack Parsons was the sex magic man who founded uh, JPL, which is now part of NASA. Um, and he really believed that all of the stuff we were figuring out in the scientific world meant that it was totally reasonable to assume we would eventually figure out magic. And so he was really into uh, magic, sex magic specifically. I will say the phrase sex magic as many times as I can. And uh, it was, you know, to him, these ideas of uh, science and engineering and magic, sex magic, uh, were not mutually exclusive. He was like, yeah, I'm figuring out how to build a rocket that can get people to the moon and I'm also figuring out how to crack the code for uh, you know doing an evocation to summon a sex demon goddess to be my wife which he believed he successfully did his last wife uh, Marjorie Cameron uh, he believed he had conjured her up in a sex ritual he had been trying to conjure um, an elemental he basically wanted like the personification of some kind of satanic goddess to be his perfect wife. And he had done this ritual a few times, I believe. And Eleanor looks a little much. Oh my God, this is so weird and gross. (laughs) (laughs) Eleanor's expression is just... um, Jack Parsons was, you know, the kind of self-proclaimed feminist who calls women goddesses, you know. Demonic goddesses that are his creation. (laughs) Not his creation. Okay, his his summoning. He had had asked that she show up and she did. That's what he believed. So we have a tie for uh, third place for the most appearances of a category. Mm. So our our five remaining categories, and you'll choose two of them, are animals, Mm -hmm. weather and nature, Mm -hmm. food, design and engineering, and experiments and results. I'm going to guess animals and food. No. No. In fact, neither of them is (gasps) correct. Wow. Yeah. What's the answer, Jason? It's design and engineering. Okay. And experiments and results. Interesting. So if we're looking at the winners from each episode, Mm -hmm. that's... The first underwater video. Oh, yeah, that was great. Yeah. Um, Bears in ejector seats. (laughs) Secret drug toilets. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Was a good one. Uh, Sucked into a bottle. Mm -hmm. Oh. (laughs) That moment of of remembrance. Yeah. Uh, It was a penis that got sucked into the bottle. It was explosive decompression. I imagine that story is haunting if... If you have a penis. It's not not haunting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then from our live show, The Worst Dairy Disaster. Oh, yeah. And Butterfires. Butterfires. The Great Madison Butterfire. Mm-hmm. And Bubble Wrap's Origins. Mm-hmm. Do you have a an idea as to which one won more segments? Now that I have just listed them. <laughs> um, between design and engineering and experiments and results? Yes. One of them won twice as many as the other, in fact. I I don't know. I got nothing. Design and engineering. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Won four and experiments won two. Um, So now we've just got... Who needs experiments anyway? Three categories left. And so let's let's get them all out of the way now. Okay, great. Give me a definitive ranking of, of three, two... One for third, you know, third to last, second to last, and last. So what were they? It was food, animals, and what food, was the animals, one? and oh. weather and nature. Okay, um, I'm going to say uh, animals 
food, weather, and nature. Nailed it. Awesome. There are just some really incredible stories here. That, uh, illegal cheese, the, mm-hmm. the oldest mac, mac and cheese, cheese mm-hmm. ketchup condiments, the first celebrity diet. Oh my God, Lord I love Byron. that one. Lord Byron. That was our second episode ever. <sighs> it was a great one. It's a great one. Uh, Claire just setting that precedent early of, of winning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Sarah Chodosh and her love of organ meats. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Eat your heart out. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yes. <laughs> we haven't recorded in weeks. I just, I've got oh, my goodness. so many puns inside Oh, me. did I miss this? <laughs> Um, so, Rachel, before we move on to questions from our listeners, we mm-hmm. had asked for questions from social media. Um, I'm wondering if there are any facts that did not win an episode that you believe were either robbed or, or mm-hmm. on another episode might have won. Mm-hmm. Some that I think were really amazing that if they had been on uh, less superlative episodes uh, would have would have gotten a win. Um, I mean, I I'm biased. I had talked about Hildegard of Bingen in uh, in an episode. Von Bingen. Von Bingen, and it was like a really amazing journey into like the history of women in science and like the female orgasm and wily nuns. And I, you know, I am the biggest Hildegard of Bingen fan. Um, I actually think my roller derby name is going to be Kildegard von Bringit. So that's amazing. Thank you. Do you think that she just would yell von Bingen whenever (laughs) she like, (laughs) like as a Eureka? I love that. Like when the when the abbot couldn't pick her up and finally gave up, and she was like Von Bingen. You just got Von Bing. I do. I do love that. I, I do. Really think that's great. I think that should be like our new our Eureka. Yeah, definitely. Um, I had a Von Bingen moment. So who else? So our uh, one of our two live show episodes uh, featured illegal cheese sarah talking about maggot cheese and it was a real like crowd pleaser by which i mean people were kind of vomiting but they loved it Um, (laughs) just like if if they had eaten the real cheese yeah exactly and uh i think it would have won if not for mary beth's showstopper of a fact about a giant butter fire and then i came across the greatest flaming dairy story of all which occurred back in 1991, and I found it thanks to this amazing clip from News 3 in Madison, Wisconsin. It literally came out oh God. in gushes. I mean, it's like a dam opened up. A That's butter. river of butter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this love grew, and firefighters were in it for days. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, a river of butter. A river of butter. Welcome, my friends, to the Great Madison Butter Fire. And similarly, uh, you know, I actually won the the second half of our live show with my fact about Mary Toft giving birth to rabbits. Uh, understandably so. I was very proud of that. Well earned. But Eleanor had a great fact that episode about a taxidermy horror story. <laughs> um, really sounded like something that would be in like a Tales to Keep You Up at Night or like Reddit No Sleep. So um, I think that that was probably robbed by me. So we all sort of paused there and we're staring at it and I'm like, wow, let, let me tell you about this, you guys. Like, I read I read the book about this. Like, I know everything. Um, and so I tell them all about it and then I'm ready to go, you know, get lunch. 
Um, and, uh, and my mom is like, you have to come look over at this side panel. And then on the very far edge of this amazing diorama, um, it says the, the lion bones are real. The camel bones are real. Um, and also some of those human bones are super real. I would say those, those are the ones that stand out to me as like really, really great facts that uh, should have gotten more recognition. But they're all great, like I said. All of our children are wonderful. All of our children are wonderful. They're all my favorite. <laughs> all right, so let's dive into some listener questions. Um, Yay. The first one comes from Amelia. She asks if we are planning on doing any special guest episodes in the future, uh, maybe featuring a science celebrity. Ooh, great question, Amelia. Um, we have had a you know a few friends of the show interested in being on, um, and there are certainly a lot of cool scientists and science celebrities, as you say, who uh, we would love to bring in. So that's definitely something we've talked about and something that we have some tentative plans for for season two. Awesome. Our next question comes from Ashley who says, there is a Parthenon replica in Nashville, Tennessee. Can I see the illusion at that location or do I have to go to the original? The whole point of the illusion is that it would look weird and bulgy if if it wasn't built with those dimensions. So if it is a true replica, it should have those curvy lines. If it doesn't, you should complain because it's a <laughs> crap replica. Um, of course, it could, you know, there are a lot of crap replicas in the world. So I, you know, I cannot... Uh, I cannot answer this. I can say that if it's a good replica and looks right, then it should also have the weird uh, measurements. So I did some quick research on this last night, uh-huh. um, and I and I had basically the exact same answer as you. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's interesting about the Parthenon in Nashville is um, it was built for Tennessee's centennial because Nashville is known as the Athens of the South. And it has a replica of the Athena Parthenos statue, which is a massive, massive statue of Athena that had been built in the original, and they replicated it here. Wow. Um, And I will show you a picture of this with a person for scale. What? It's enormous. What? 41 feet tall and 10 inches. Wow. Yeah. Or 12.75 meters for our friends who use metric. It's a big lady. It is a big lady. Um, and then our final question comes from Steve, who wants to know, where can I buy polar bear liver? Wow, Steve. Steve, um, don't buy polar bear liver. Don't buy polar bear liver. Polar bears are having kind of a rough go of it right now. So I wouldn't say it's the right time to uh, indulge, frankly, your suicidal interest in... Uh, or maybe murderous. Oh, that's true. Maybe, I, yeah. Don't murder someone with a polar bear liver because it's rude both to the person you're murdering and to polar bears. So, you know, pick a different poison, please. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not going to help you uh, help you poach a polar bear liver for murder. Sorry, well, Steve. Sorry. So right Good to- luck, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think that brings us to the end of our season one recap. Woo! Uh, is there anything that you would like to talk about on reflecting on our first season or any uh, maybe potential changes that you've thought of for season two that our listeners should look out for? Oh, my gosh. Well, 
I just want to say that season one was so much fun to make and it was so rewarding that so many people enjoyed it so much. We loved hearing from you. Uh, We loved seeing that you were watching the show and reading and reviewing it. Um, We even love those of you who only comment on iTunes to be like, what's with all these girls who have vocal fry and say like so much and disrespect our founding fathers? Uh, We love you too. And I hope that you have a good day. (laughs) But we are really excited to prep season two for you and get that running. As for changes for the show, you know, we're really excited to do more live events. We had so much fun uh, during our first run at Caveat. We're definitely doing that again early in the new year. So stay tuned. Uh, But, you know, we'd also love to go do that show other places. So if you have a place where you would like us to do a Weirdest Thing show, please hit us up. Uh, Similarly, if you are a scientist or a science-y person who uh, is interested in being on the show, also hit us up. Uh, Send us your weird facts. You know, I think we have found this amazing bunch of weirdos who love listening to the show, and we want you to be part of our lives. I love that our fans are so enthusiastic about like evangelizing the show. Um, and you should keep doing that. Now that we are you know, off for a few more weeks at least, uh, your friends have an opportunity to just like shotgun all of Weirdest Thing and be ready for every holiday party. You can weird out so many coworkers, uh, spouses, coworkers, family, <laughs> family spouses and coworkers. So yeah, uh, it's a great time of year to uh, learn a lot of weird stuff. And we hope that you will share the show far and wide so that when we come back for season two, we have even more weirdos to uh, get weird with. Absolutely. The best thing you can do to help us out is just telling a friend, telling a family member. Uh, my friends and family members are sick of hearing about this show because I talk about it all the time. You know, especially when people like my stepsister who just went on her honeymoon in Hawaii uh, and I got to tell her all about what the beaches there were made of. <laughs> it's poop. It's poop. The answer is always poop. The sand is poop. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and if you guys have any suggestions for how you would like season two to be different, um, definitely let us know on Twitter or Facebook. Opinions uh, are like butts. Everybody has one, mm-hmm. and they're all great. Yes. Well, <laughs> it's not true at all, but everyone has one, and I'm happy to look at it. There you go. Rachel, thank you for joining me for this introspective look at the first season of Weirdest Thing. Thank you, Jason, for that astounding spreadsheet. You're very welcome. Uh, remember to hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Facebook, uh, search for The Weirdest Thing. It is a group that you can join. You'll see our logo. Twitter, we are at weirdest underscore thing. I'm Jason Letterman. This is Rachel Feltman. Woo! Thank you all for listening. We will see you again uh, real soon. Bye. Bye. The Weirdest Thing I Learned This Week is a popular science podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like what you hear, please rate and review us on iTunes. It helps other weirdos find the show. You can buy our merch, including Weirdest Thing t-shirts, tote bags, and mugs at popside.threadless.com. The show is produced by all of our hosts, including me, Rachel Feltman, and our editor, Jason Letterman. Our theme music is by Billy Cadden. If you have questions, suggestions, or weird stories to share, tweet us at weirdest underscore thing. Thanks for listening, weirdos. And 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.